Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, a podcast presentation of Cadence 13 in association with Black Barrel Media and Ritual Productions. This is an episode-by-episode look at the award-winning TV show Friday Night Lights created by Peter Berg. I'm Stacey Orsano. I played Mindy Collette Riggins. And I'm Derek Phillips, and I played Billy Riggins. The assumption is that you, our listeners, have already watched the show. But if you haven't already, go watch Friday Night Lights, which is currently streaming on Netflix and Peacock TV because there will be spoilers in our podcast. Also, check out the merch. Stacy is correct. Go check out our website designed by Eleanor Carez, who is at Eleanor Carez on Instagram. Our website is www.cleareyesfullheartspod.com. Once again, that's cleareyesfullheartspod.com. We've got hoodies, we've got sweatshirts, we've got t-shirts, we've got all kinds of cool stuff. So please go check it out. And we're still answering your fan questions. Email us what you want to know at cleareyesfullheartspod at gmail.com today. Season three, episode seven, Keeping Up Appearances, written by Brent Fletcher and directed by Chris Ayer. The synopsis reads, J.D. struggles as the new starting quarterback at Friday night's big rival game, and Landry thinks he's finally over Tyra when he meets seemingly perfect Devin. Now, there is a lot to unpack in this episode, but first, we're going to answer a few of your fan questions, so let's get to that. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Our first question comes from Catherine Kutzko, who asks, do y'all recall, oh, and she even says y'all. Oh, I love y'all. Do y'all recall the actual name of the Seven Senoritas Cantina, and if it still exists? She says, I'll be in Austin soon, and I want to pay a visit to humble myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, actually, this is kind of crazy. I could not remember the name of this restaurant to save my life. If you paid me a million dollars, I, I would know. I texted Stacy. I knew Stacy would know. Stacy didn't know. Stacy didn't have a clue. Not a clue. So then I texted Nan Bernstein, who is our line producer on the show. And I said, Nan, do you have any idea what the name of that restaurant is? She says, I have no clue. Can't remember. She goes, but Joey Hudgens will definitely know. Joey Hudgens was our locations coordinator on Friday Night Lights. I mean, we're going down like the rabbit hole of people here trying to get some information on the Seven Senoritas Cantina. And Joey Hudgens tells me finally, I sent him a little clip of that scene. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's La Palapa, P-A-L-A-P-A, restaurant. The address is 6640 East Highway 290, Austin, Texas, 
78723. And it looks like it's been done up a little. I mean, it, it's, you know, 15, 16 years ago. I can't believe he remembered that, though. I remember liking the place a lot. I mean, just the exterior was really cool. But it was kind of off the beaten path from where most of us were living in Austin at the time. It's a little bit further north, if I remember correctly. We were saying, we need to come back here and eat here. And then we never did. I don't think we ever did. I know we did a promo there one time for the show. And it might have been at the same time that we we shot the Seven Senorita stuff. But yeah, it's a really, really cool vibe. It looks like it's been updated a little bit on the interiors. But I mean, when you look at it, you can look at that stage where Billy proposes. And it's like, that is definitely... 100% the exact same place. So yeah. I went down a little rabbit hole with that too. And there are websites, if you just Google them, that will show you a ton of locations from Friday Night Lights and their yeah. addresses. <laughs> They're just all over the internet. Okay, our next question comes from Michael Connolly, who writes, while filming FNL in Austin, Texas, did you ever have run-ins with the cast members from MTV's Real World Austin? I think their season was in 2005 and we started 2006. I know there's a handful of times that the Real World is mentioned during FNL and passing and as a joke, but I was always curious knowing that Real World Austin season was one of, if not the most popular Real World seasons ever. While I'm on the question, are either of you big fans of the Real World or MTV's The Challenge? I did not even know they filmed in Austin. I mean, I think I knew that they filmed in Austin, but I couldn't have told you when. I will say that when I was like younger in college, I definitely used to watch the real world all the time. High school, when it first came out, you know, I think the first one was the New York real world. And I watched all of them. But by the time they had gotten to Austin, I was not watching MTV anymore. No, I think I wasn't allowed to when they first came out. And then I just never got to it. So, I mean, honestly, if we had run into any of the cast members from Real World Austin, I wouldn't know what their faces look like. So I don't know. I mean, years later, I became friends with a girl named Trisha Cummings, who was on the Australia Real World. That's my only connection to mm -hmm. Real World. You actually have another connection to Real World. One of my very dearest friends is a guy named Zach Mann, who was on Real World Key West, which yes. I didn't know Zach was on Real World. Yeah, actually, the producers came to him one day and they were like, you're too nice. We need you to cause some conflict. And he was like, nope, because he's the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> he is a nice guy. I had no clue Zach was on Real World. Yeah, I was in a band and Zach was our band manager and we were touring around Seattle, like that whole Northwest region. We were checking into the hotel in Seattle and the girl behind the desk goes, oh my God, were you on Friday Night Lights? And I was like, yes, I was. And then Zach's head popped up and she goes, oh my God, were you on the real world? And like, I was so uncool compared to Zach who was on Real World QS. I love it. I had no clue he was a real world guy. Yeah, you'd never know it because he like, doesn't seem like that type at all. He did the challenge too. Shut what up. does a real world type sound seem like, Stacy? Not a Zach man. Okay. He's so sweet. All right. Our final question comes from Hannah. I'm going to screw this up, Hannah. I apologize. Hannah Bezinski, who asks, if you were a tour guide in Dillon, Texas, where would be your first stop? Maybe like we stop at the Alamo freeze, mm -hmm. fuel up, and then hit the landing strip. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to the landing strip first, probably. First? Probably. Well, they have a fajita buffet, so you can eat. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, back in the day, Texas, they always had food at the strip clubs. Mm -hmm. Legs and eggs is what they used to call it. So, yeah, I mean, I'd definitely head up to the landing strip, grab some food. Where else would we go in Dillon? <laughs> I like, oh, no, that's why I liked in the last episode, I think, where Riggins gives JD the tour of Dillon, because I'm like, I, we've never seen Dylan. You go to Smitty's, you go to Fran's <laughs> Kitchen, I guess. I mean, you got to go to Panther Field at some point. I would want to go by the McCoy's house just to see it because it's amazing. 
Garrity Motors. And Garrity Motors. I don't know. Like, what else is there to do in Dillon? Drink and strip clubs. That's why all these people want out of there. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I'd be interested to see where you would want to go, Anna. We already told you where the Seven Senoritas is, so. But that is something I would love to do, honestly, is is go back to some of those places that we shot at and, like, have food at those places. We can go to Applebee's. <laughs> yes, the Applebee's. Oh, like, season four and five, when we meet Vince and Jess. Oh, the barbecue. The barbecue. Ray's barbecue. That would be fun. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for the questions. Keep them coming. I think we're going to move on to the rewatch portion of the show. So stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode starts out with another awkward dinner. What is it with anybody that has like anybody over to their house for dinner in Dylan? It's awkward. And I have social anxiety. And when I watch it, my anxiety flares up. Nobody does awkward dinner the way Friday Night Lights (laughs) does awkward dinner. It started with you. I think it was you and Tim going to the Taylor House that was the first. Yeah. And the writers saw that and they go, wow, this is perfect. How many more awkward dinners can we have? How many more? And oh, there's more coming, uh, guys, because I've yeah, been there's, there's nothing but awkward dinners. Ooh, Thanksgiving's an awkward dinner. That one coming up at the end of the... the oh, there's another one with Becky at our season. place. God, there's a lot. Lots of awkward dinners. But yes, this is an awkward dinner. And man, Joe McCoy is just... He makes it all. It's something that I really love about watching D.W. Moffat in all these scenes because he just kind of... He likes to swim in that pool of anxiety. I can't stand watching stuff like that. I hate That's seeing it. Saying, as you it said, makes me so anxious. But it's really well done by the actor. It's innate in us to want to try and avoid that. He dives headfirst into it. So yeah, I think he doesn't have any sense of awkwardness because he's like no. so eye on the prize. And then when he like apologizes to Coach Taylor, Eric doesn't want to even talk about it. When he like had his son go, I got drunk, yeah. sir. And Coach is like, This is absolutely none of my business. <laughs> Thank you. I am not comparing DW Moffat to Taylor Kitsch, but Taylor and I sometimes, like, there have been times where we've been out to lunch where Taylor's kind of a shy guy in real life. Mm -hmm. Like, once you get to know him, he's open, he's out of control, he's whatever, (laughs) but, like, he's kind of quiet until you get to know him. And there have been these moments where people come up and be like, hey, I'm a big fan of your work. I'm actually working on this project right now. I think you'd be perfect for it. This actually happened one time. Jesus. We were at lunch one time, and there was a movie that came out years ago called The Kids Are All Right that was nominated for all kinds of Oscars, and I happened to know one of the writers on it. And he bumped into me. We were at Buddha's Belly on Beverly. I love Buddha's Belly. Well, that's gone now. But anyway, I bump into him, and he's like, do you mind if I come over and say hello? I've got a script that I'm working on right now, and I think Taylor would be perfect for it. And I'm like, yeah, come, come say hi. And so he came and sat down with us at lunch, and he started basically pitching Taylor the script. And... Kitch is just super quiet. It was very awkward for me because I'm one of those people, if there's silences, I feel like they've got to be filled. If he's pitching Taylor and Taylor's just like, okay, and doesn't respond. And there's just like crickets in the background. And I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, and Taylor, I think he's just so secure in himself that it just doesn't seem to affect him. It doesn't bother him that 
this other person might be struggling. <laughs> the old school John Wayne, talk low, talk slow, and don't say too much. That used to be uh, the thing. And I, I think Taylor's adopted that in some respects. God, you guys are like complete opposites sometimes. Yeah, there's power in silence. There's power in oh, God, shutting yeah, the hell in, up. In stillness you know? and silence. Yeah. Movies <laughs> are so awkward. This guy was an Oscar-nominated writer, and he's sitting there like, couldn't speak in the moment. It was really interesting. Interesting. Moving on, my next thought is that the four of you are absolutely ridiculous. What what do we do? The clown car. Anytime we go from one scene into the next, and all of a sudden, it's like I can see that it's the four of you, and I know that absolute absurdity is about to ensue, no matter what. I think this is the scene where I basically decide I'm going to start trying to make a reel for Tim, a football reel, and put together all of his highlights. Yeah. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? What yeah. possibly go wrong, Billy? Meanwhile, I love that when Jamarcus Hall, who's played here by Sinqua Walls, gets in some kind of trouble. We don't know exactly what he's done wrong at this point in time, but he's sent to the principal's office and Mac McGill is waiting there before Tammy even gets back to the office to butter Tammy up in hopes of getting Jamarcus out of whatever the hell it is he did wrong. And Tammy has to say at the very end, come on, honestly, to Mac, as she's like, it just, I don't know, it makes me giggle. It's the devil town. He got a football coach there trying to butter up the principal to make sure that a starting fullback doesn't wind up getting suspended or getting in trouble. Because I think this is not the first time he has been to the principal's office. No, Tammy says, I think he's been there three times this semester. So the kid keeps getting in trouble, but you need your fullback. Hey, how you doing, Tammy? I wanted to talk to you for a minute. (laughs) I love that about this show. In real life, it's disturbing and scary that anyone would do that. But on a TV show, these guys just make me giggle. This whole, what I'm going to call the C story. I love the through line of this throughout this whole episode. We'll talk about it though. Once again, Tammy's playing chess. Everyone else is playing checkers, man. Oh, nice. I love this song that Devin sits at the piano and plays. She don't use jelly, flaming lips. I don't know. It just made me very happy. Yeah, it's a great song. It always makes me smile. I need to put that on my Spotify. Oh, it's so good. I listened to it like 10 times after I watched last night. Yeah, it's great. And I love this scene in general. Devin sees Landry in the band room by himself and he's playing his guitar and she asks, what are you doing? And Landry says, I'm just sitting here playing guitar, not thinking about Tyra. And of course, right as he says that, Tyra comes over the PA mm-hmm. announcing Dylan's having a blood drive. It's just another moment in this show that makes me laugh. After Devin sings him this song to kind of cheer him up and gives Landry a little kiss on the cheek. And for the first time this season, Landry isn't thinking about Tyra anymore. I think the wheels start turning in his head and he's like, there's a world outside of Tyra. Right? Yeah. yeah, but it might get complicated. <laughs> you guys, oh. this is the one and only Denise Lee that is playing Jamarcus Hall's mom here. And I got to tell you, just the serendipity of timing, I have tickets to see her in, what, five days at Carnegie Hall. What's she doing at Carnegie Hall? So the Turtle Creek Chorale, which is a gorgeous choir in Dallas, is touring and she is one of their soloists. So my friend Chad and I are going to go and then go out with Denise after. Very cool. Well, I mean, yeah, Denise has an amazing voice. She has a ridiculous voice. That's another person on this show. How many friggin' people on this show are just amazing musicians? There's a lot. A lot, a lot. Okay, moving on here. I just want to say that I just love a good coach and Tammy argument. And this is one for the ages. Coach is PO'd because Tammy didn't talk to him about his starting fullback, Jamarcus Hall, setting Bree Hudson's hair on fire. Yeah, he set a girl's hair on fire. Yeah, we find out that that's what Jamarcus did. Kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. 
Yeah. What do you think he did? Like Bunsen burner? How do you think I he think went so, about this? I think so because they said part of the whole lab was burnt or like unusable. That, that would make sense. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's God. such a stupid thing for guys to do. Now, do you think he set her hair on fire? Do you think he like pulled a couple hairs and lit them? In, like, yeah. I, I don't think he like put a match to her someone's hair. I think yeah. it was like joking with a Bunsen burner. <laughs> yeah. Flirting with a Bunsen oh, burner. Oh, Jamarcus, Jamarcus, Jamarcus. But yeah, he set Bree Hudson's hair on fire. So <laughs> Coach and Tammy wind up getting an argument about this because it turns out that Jamarcus's family had no clue he was playing football. And because of that, they're just going to say, hey, you're done playing football. Right. So he plagiarized. He forged his parents' forged name on. Plagiarized. on yeah, plagiarized. I, I got Don't you. Die. I got where your head's going. He forged his parents' signature on the permission slip to actually play football. I guess you have to get parents' permission to yeah, play so football. Yeah. So he's that like would make super sense. not allowed to play yeah, football, actually. Yeah. And so his folks are like, yeah, you're done. And coach is like, you could have at least told me. And Tammy's like, what good would it have done you to tell you? And once again, Tammy's right. It's annoying. She's always right. Then immediately after that, we cut to Landry driving Devin home. He full on kisses her in the car and sparks are flying. I mean, mm-hmm. this is awesome, Stacy. Could this be Dylan's new it couple? Devdry? What do you think? Um, huh? Oh, God. Landon? Landon. What do you think, Stace? Oh, good. That's all I've got. They, I think they're super cute together. But I get excited about every, like when they had Bria come on. I thought she yeah. was good with Landry. And I think Devin's good with Landry. So like, I don't get my hopes up for anything in this show. I still don't even have my hopes up that Mrs. McCoy is going to be good, even though I want her to be. <laughs> or that Matt's mom is good, but I want her to be. I'm like, cautiously yeah. hopeful. That's where FNL has put my heart cautiously yes. hopeful. Because <laughs> they always pull the rug out from under yeah. you. I'm tired of getting my heart broken. Two steps forward, three steps back. All right. Okay. Oh, Joe McCoy, this guy. Oh, he's under my skin. He's pulling his son out of practice and coaching him like during practice. Yeah. So many levels of ick and wrong. When you were talking about anxiety earlier in the episode, like, yes, it makes my stomach like, ugh, like, yeah. what are you doing? doing i grew up playing sports and i saw a lot of fathers like that unfortunately yeah. i'm gonna be honest with you it's not just sports either i mean i've seen stage moms pull the same crap oh stage moms are the worst i've seen them literally go behind a director's back and start giving their kids notes mm-hmm. and the other thing is that usually the notes are terrible it's mm-hmm. like, what are you doing i had a couple of those stage moms when i was directing children's theater i had a couple of them and some stage dads yeah, it's so annoying. And some of them were very famous. I'll tell you later. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Well, see, that might be a little different. If your dad's like an Oscar-winning actor or something like that, maybe you take his notes. I've worked with some of these stage moms that'll come and pull their kid aside and be like, remember, smile in this scene. Uh-huh. You're supposed to smile. And it's like, what are you doing? You're giving them all the wrong notes. Say it like this. Hey, son, what you doing? And that's why you get like some of these actors, these kid actors that are just terrible at line reads. You can, I tell you 100%, it's coming from a mom or a dad at home who's given them a terrible line read. I agree with you because I have always said that if you ask me who some of my favorite working actors are right now, it's like children actors on TV. You like haven't learned to be self-conscious yet and you haven't learned to edit yourself. And there's a freedom that children have when they're acting and it's playful. And I find it incredibly real and joyous. Guys, go do yourselves a favor. There's a really beautiful audition of Henry Thomas plays Elliot in E.T. Oh, God, it's so good. But go online and find his audition for E.T. He's and crying. I'm telling you right now, like, it's one of the best auditions I've ever seen in my life. And it's exactly what Stacy said. You're not editing yourself. You're not in your head. You're not worried about you're what worried your good about what side you is. Like. You're not worried about what you look like. All yeah. this other crap. It comes as we age and as we get older. Unfortunately, that's the stuff that gets in the way. And that's the stuff as actors, we're constantly trying to like push to the side, but it's there. Henry Thomas. 
He was also in like all the new Netflix live mansion and all those shows too. Yeah. Great actor. Great actor. Great audition. Go look it up. But yeah. Yes. Freedom. Playfulness. No self-editing. I love it. How did we start talking about this? Because we were talking about stage moms, because we were talking about over-aggressive football dads. Stay with us for this episode. There will be points made at some point. Okay. Speaking of kids. So I guess Buddy's other two kids went to go live with mom and Kevin and they flew back to spend some time and go camping or whatever, but they are putting Buddy through the ringer. But Kevin says this and we shouldn't eat that and blah, blah, blah. And like, I just, I want to give Buddy a hug. I'm right there with you. I'll be honest with you. It's crazy to me because when you think of the journey that Buddy Garrity has taken from the first time we meet him in season one, episode one, where he's kind of the primary antagonist. If you would have told me that like three years later, I'm feeling for Buddy Garrity. Like I literally am like this poor guy who's cheated on his wife. No, right? I mean, he's done a lot of terrible stuff. All the stuff with the scoreboard and all the political maneuvering and all that stuff that this guy's done. There's still this part of me. I love him. I love him too. Look, I love Brad Leland. And I've always said this. I mean, Buddy Garrity is one of my favorite, if not my favorite character on Friday Night Lights. I love his flaws. I love everything about him. He's up there for me. Yeah. And he just crushes all these scenes. It's it's really fun to watch. This is a very good Brad Leland episode. Like they all are, but this sticks out in my mind for me. We'll talk about it a little more later, but oh God, just going through it. I'm sure some of you are watching this scene and this episode and questioning, why does Bud Jr. look different than Bud Jr. in like the first episode? Buddy Jr. is technically a different actor from the pilot. And so this Buddy Jr. is Buddy Jr., I think, all the way through season four. And then in season five, the producers wanted a Buddy Jr. that looked like he could be in high school. And so they cast a different actor. So this Buddy Jr. is a kid named Joey Trudy. And in season five, Buddy Jr. is played by a guy named Jeff Rosick, who actually looks a lot like... Brad Leland. Oh my God. They put a picture up of Jeff Rosick and then Buddy and Brad Leland's like high school football picture. They looked exactly like. Yeah. So, I mean, the writers wanted to do a storyline where Buddy Jr. was now back from California and Buddy Jr. is being forced to play football. And so they went out and cast an actor who was a little bit more age appropriate, you know, so it's it's a little bit of a jump. So we'll have three Bud Juniors or Bud yes. Lights as, three as Bud Brad Lights. likes to call them. Three Bud, three Bud Lights. Lights. Three Bud Interesting. Lights. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, Landry, I don't think Devin is your girlfriend just yet. You kissed her in a car once. That does not a girlfriend make. Yeah, yeah, not so much. I think he's more just like kind of letting Tyra know that he's moved on. And I feel like he's moved on and it's kind of this got to let the world know I moved on thing. But Or is it I'm portraying that I've moved on and look, I have proof to show you how much I moved on, but I absolutely have not moved on. I'm sure it's a little bit of that too. Look how much I've moved on. Here's my new girlfriend. Yeah. Look, I have a um, girlfriend. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I don't care about you at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Whenever somebody goes through like a breakup and then all of a sudden they're posting all these like really esoteric memes about yes. like thoughts in life. And I'm like, girl, he's not reading that. Like, don't do it. He's not going to read your He name. probably is reading it, but he's probably also going, oh God, I'm so glad I broke up with her. Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> this is what we're talking about. This is. being such a Bradley Leland episode, this scene with him and Minka in the car. God, he's so good. That's what I was talking about earlier. And it's what I love about this show. It's just good storytelling. I mean, it's what the writers on this show do so well is they make these characters three-dimensional. That's such a good scene. Good scene. 
Good scene. Meanwhile, Tammy and Coach meet with Jamarcus' family, and Tammy is so friggin' charming in this scene. You can see that Coach is just, he's drowning here. And Jamarcus' family basically starts to insult football and kind of insulting Coach. And Coach is kind of taking it personal. You can see his blood just beginning to boil, and Tammy jumps in immediately. She kind of quashes the whole entire situation. She's so friggin' charming. And you can just see that this family originally wanted their son to have nothing to do with football. And they're slowly being won over by the charm that is Tammy. And they get out to the car and coach even begrudgingly opens the car door for her when they leave. Yes. And she's like, thank you so much. You can see that even though he wants to win and he wants Jamarcus, he wanted to be the one that got Jamarcus back. Interesting. Yeah, Tammy was the one that found out about it in the first place. He pretty much couldn't play football again. But then Tammy is sort of the one that gets him to be able to play football again. Yeah. Friday Night Lights is now called the Tammy Taylor Show. It really is. Okay. See, Landry, I had thought before that Devin wasn't your girlfriend and she is not your girlfriend. In fact, she probably wants a girlfriend herself. I just said a little cart before the horse, Landry Clark. Okay. Gee, Stacey, you don't have to rub it in his face. Poor guy was just trying to rebound here. Bless his heart. Bless his little heart. Bless his heart. He tried. He tried and he failed. God, Devin's so freaking cute. She really is super cute. And there was that part of me that just wished that she was right for him. But I do love the fact that she's her own person. and She's doing what's right for her. Yep. Love it. Living her life. Exactly. Billy. Yes. I would like to speak to Billy Riggins now. This is my Inside the Actor Studio moment. Can okay. I speak to Billy Riggins? Yeah, he's here. What's up? What is wrong with you? You're the absolute worst. Your selling point for this house is that you can have a threesome in the bathtub. Why are you the worst? What'd I say? <laughs> what? Threesomes are good. You don't like threesome? I sound more like George W. Bush right now. That's... <laughs> that was creepy. Hi there. How you doing? What's going on? What? That's the selling point of the house. That's yeah. a big enough for a threesome. You don't think that's a good selling point, Stacey? It might be for somebody. <laughs> Somebody's looking for that. It definitely was not for that couple in this episode. Couple. They walked away and the husband or whatever looked like he was about ready to punch me in the face. Billy, he's, we, we've discussed this before. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. But also not an incredibly good salesman. No, I've always, I mean, I know that they took you dress shopping when you mm. had to go get your wedding dress. I mm. always wondered where they found some of these suits that they threw Billy in. Like there's four or five times on the show that Billy has to wear a suit and they're always oversized. You guys looked like little kids playing dress up. All four yes. of you did. And yes. I wanted you to like stack on top of each other and wear a big <laughs> trench coat. <laughs> it was, it was like four little kids dressing up in their dad's clothes and selling out. So you can imagine my surprise when like I started working on other shows outside of Friday Night Lights. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. I get a suit that fits. It fits me. Yeah, their suits are very big. Because I never had a suit that fit on Friday Night Lights. And that was part of the deal. You know, it's Billy got some hand-me-down. Yeah. Who knows where he got it. Bought it at a thrift like Goodwill shop. or whatever. It was always yeah. 10 years older. It was funny. I did notice that you guys all look like little kids playing. I can't remember if this is a double-breasted. I don't know what he's wearing. But yeah, it's... it's uh, not, it was not great. No, it looks like a zoot suit. Tammy says verbatim i'm right 100 percent of the time and i just ask show me the lie <sighs> there is no lie i mean <laughs> it's infuriating because it's true yeah uh, this is in reference to she sees landry in the library she's over there talking to him about something i can't remember exactly what landry says am i just like girl repellent and she basically says to him hey let me tell you something right now when you get older, you're going to wind up having a job that you love. You're going to wind up having a career that you love. You're an intelligent guy. This is the beginning of your experience with girls, and it's only going to get better. 
And she's like, and I know this because I'm always right. And she is. She's right 100% of the time, as she says. But it is. It's infuriating. I don't know. I also just like the fact that she can say that and it doesn't seem arrogant at all. No, it's just, it's just true. It's just the truth. Just, I'm just telling you the truth. Going back to Joe McCoy, listen, yes. just all of the kudos to DW because I am starting to actively hate this guy. And I even know there's worse stuff coming up, but right now I want him gone. Well, you can see what he's doing to his kid. And that's the thing that's so frustrating, you know? And that's when somebody really gets to you is when they're affecting somebody else's life, you know? Yeah. You can be a jerk all you want to all day long, but when you start hurting other people, and especially a kid, I mean, look, J.D. McCoy yeah. in, in later seasons is going to turn into a bit of a schmuck. Yes. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. But it's because of his father. You know what I mean? The kid is talented. He's so good, but he's a head case because his dad is constantly on him. And if you notice... The minute coach just tells JD to let it rip, what he says basically is no huddle offense. We're not thinking anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want you thinking about plays. I want you to go out there and I want you to play football. Because I have confidence in you. Yeah. And so at that point, it's like, okay, now you're just reacting. It's like acting in that respect, Stacey. We've seen these actors that get in their heads. We talked about this earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be in your head to be a good actor. There's a freedom that comes from not thinking. It was like a light that came on in JD's eyes the minute he had like that tiny bit of freedom. And he was like, oh, yeah, okay. Because he's not dropping back and thinking about dropping his elbow when he throws a football anymore. He's just throwing a football. You see that happen with these stage moms and stage dads and these overbearing football parents. And it's like, let the kids play. Yeah. Let them play. At the end of the day, this is a game. Oof, don't say that in Dylan. But that's what I love about Coach Taylor. And that's why Coach Taylor wins. Because these kids want to play for him. They want to go back to the purity and the oh, innocence. Oh, it's like when he took Smash to go play with the kids in the neighborhood that one time. It's exactly Aww. what it is. It's the same thing. He's just trying to have these kids go out there and play and not think about this crap anymore. And the minute he does that, JD starts crushing. I mean, he's dropping bombs. Which made me realize there is no Saracen in this episode, not even riding the pine. Because I was like, maybe he'll pull Matt in, but nope. Yeah, that was interesting too, because I was waiting to see some reaction shots from Saracen for Matt in this episode, and there nope. weren't any. So no Matt at all in this episode. No Matt. I think this might be the first episode Matt free. Yeah, he's got a week to hang out and play. This, <laughs> I was talking about before, I'm calling this the C story, but this Jamarcus Hall storyline is in so many ways just incredibly good writing because it made me care so much more about this particular game. I'm not that invested in if they, it's not what I'm worried about, but I wanted this kid, Jamarcus, to win so that his parents could be proud. And like, kudos to you writers for making me care more about a game that I don't necessarily always care about. See, and Stacey, that's where your football addiction is just going to start. This is where it begins, Stacey. No. You get invested in one player. You hear a story about a guy, a college athlete, he yeah. lost his parents in an accident, and this is the first game he's played without his folks. And you immediately start to root for that person. These are all hypotheticals, you know what I mean? But it is a soap opera in some respects. Yeah. And football in itself is a soap opera. You hear about a guy who's been in the league for 15 years. He's been on a winning team all this time, but he's never won a Super Bowl. And then right before the Super Bowl, his father dies. And you're like, mm. you're rooting for that guy now. There's all these stories and everyone has a path and everyone's journey is different. There was a guy named Jimmy Graham who was brought up in an orphanage and then he was adopted. He had a foster parent and his foster mom and they had no money growing up. 
and he was broke, broke, broke. And like, now he makes it to the NFL. And now he's got enough money to take care of his foster mom who took care of him. Oh, that gave me goosebumps. These are the kinds of stories that you, you love to hear about. You know what I mean? And so that's what I think our writers do really well with these football storylines. Because I understand that a person like you, you don't really care necessarily who wins or loses the game. I don't. It's, it's kind of irrelevant. But you care about the story and you get invested with these characters. And then you start caring about what happens. And so you want good things to happen to them because yeah. you're invested in their stories. We may make a football fan out of you before the day's through, Stacey. <sighs> Damn you, Friday Night Lights. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad, Mark Oristano, would be mm-hmm. thrilled if that was the case. Listen, I actually, I just don't follow it. I love the game of football. I love the logistics of football. I love the math of football, but I don't like follow it. I used to know all the players and all the rosters because that was my job. But the minute it wasn't my job anymore, I was like, oh, I'm done. (laughs) Goodbye. I get it. I get it. But now I care. I care about these people. Also, I care about Jesse Plemons and the fact that they just sometimes let him just be Jesse and sing. I love Jesse's singing voice. I love his music. I loved when we would just go hear him at bars and it was just him on stage with a stool and a harmonica and a guitar, like some of my favorite nights. I love him. We talked about this in a previous episode, but yeah, some of my favorite nights were having him and Devin or Stephanie Hunt and just a ragtag group of people together. Those two, you know, just pulling out a guitar and playing with each other. It was really fun. God, it's so really fun. fun. And I'm glad that he and Devin, even though they're not going to be a couple of kind of worked out and things are going to be, that they're going to be friends and it's not going to be some awkward thing between the two of them. They're going to be good for each other, I feel. Yeah, I think so too. And I don't even know, but I think so. And how sweet when like they started playing the song again and you could see the drummer's eyes light up and he was like, oh, yeah. I love this song. Okay, let's do this. And damn it, it goes back to, I keep talking about how charming and cute Stephanie is, but when she's sitting there playing guitar and singing and looking over at him, you just go, yeah, I love her. I love her. I really do. I love her in real life and I love her like on the show. She just makes you feel good inside, you know? Yep. Yeah. She's very sweet. I hope I don't sound like a creep. I'm not trying to sound like a creep. No, because I'm right there with you. It's just like positive energy. That's yeah, I and mean. I don't mean cute in a pejorative way. I just mean it in like, I love her. Yeah, she's got a great smile and just, she lights up a room. Anywho. This video, I was a bit of a naysayer by myself. I had my doubts about it. It is actually very sweet. What you say and what coach says and that street is helping as much as it is. It's actually very sweet. This was a fun couple of scenes to shoot. I love when Billy's just the comedic jackass. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about there being three-dimensional characters on Friday Night Lights. I love when we get to, you know, go behind that rough exterior of Billy and see that there is a guy that deep down inside, even though he may never say it, he loves his brother. Mm -hmm. And he wants nothing but for his brother to be successful and for his brother to have a better life than he did. When we get to see behind, as I said, that rough exterior, that that joking guy who's kind of always picking at him, you see that there's a guy who, who genuinely loves his brother. Picking at him, stealing his girlfriend. You know, hey. But it was. This was a redeeming moment for you. Yes. I'll give it to you. I do question Tim Riggins in college. I'm going to say, <laughs> like, honestly, what do you think this kid's GPA is? And is he going to take the SATs? I have no clue what his GPA is. I believe in a later episode, we actually talk about him like missing the SATs or something. I think we actually talk. I can't remember. I do know this, though. <laughs> if he's good enough at football. They'll get him. There's a college somewhere, somehow, that'll finagle some way to get him on the team. There are guys yeah. when I was in college that literally couldn't read. Yeah. And they were 
college athletes. I'm not being hyperbolic. Right. The show also talks about this. It's it's unfortunate because the book especially talks yeah, about and the it book too. Talks about it specifically. But yeah, I mean that's the unfortunate thing is that football has become such a priority in some of these schools that education is secondary. Mm-hmm. And Tim Riggins is by no means a dummy. He just does no. not care. No. He just no. doesn't do the work. Yeah. We'll find out though, I guess. Again, I don't know what happens. No. We also in this episode here with Street potentially dropping for the first time that he may be leaving Dillon, Texas. I think it's time. It was something that I didn't see coming though. I don't want Scott Porter to leave. Yeah. But Street has outgrown Dylan, I think. Yeah. And it's crazy because until that moment, I don't think it it hit me that like his heart's not hearing. There's nothing here for him. No. His child is gone. What is here for him? Nothing. Yeah. And I think that he aspires to be something more than just a car salesman in a small town. Mm-hmm. You know, It was a sweet scene with him and Lila, too. It really was. Just a beautiful scene. Really well done by both of those actors, mm-hmm. Megan Kelly and Scott Porter. Yeah. Stacy's had enough. I'm done. She's done done. That is it for Season 3, Episode 7. But please join us next time for Season 3, Episode 8, entitled New York, New York, where we say goodbye to Scott Porter. But until then... Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't Can't lose. Clear Eyes, Full Hearts is a podcast presentation of Cadence 13 in association with Black Barrel Media and Ritual Productions. Executive producers are Stacey Oristano and Derek Phillips, Chris and Mandy Wimmer for Black Barrel Media, and Steve Walters for Ritual Productions. Our producer is Miranda Parham. Send your questions to clearEyesFullHeartsPod at gmail.com. Find us on social media. I'm Stacey Oristano on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Derek Phillips on Twitter and underscore Derek Phillips on Instagram. And check out our websites, clearEyesFullHeartsPod.com, Cadence13.com, and BlackBarrelMedia.com. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week.